Welcome to the Victory Life Church podcast. We believe it's important to present an uncomplicated and uncluttered view of Christ and how we should live. We hope this podcast inspires you and helps build your faith. If you ever find yourself in the area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at blcministries.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at VLC Plantation. It, it's it's not just being uh, I you know sometimes when I do things as a pastor it's it's not just being in the moment although it's all right to be in the moment um, I, you know I was thinking about walking with Jesus on this planet if you walk with Jesus can you go every can he go everywhere you go can you take him everywhere that you're about to go to whether it's traveling in your dreams or whether it's literally walking somewhere, engaging in something. Can you do life with him? And, and often I've thought about, hmm, that particular thing, I, I could not have literally um, done life with Jesus. You know, when I first got saved, I, I, movies got off my list right away. I, Again, I don't, it's not my soap, it is my soapbox, but I don't preach to people about my soapbox. Uh, I just, I, I got saved from a, a world that was very wild, and, and most of you did too. Every one of you actually got saved from it, but some of you were raised properly. But could I live life with Jesus watching this program, listening to this music, engaged in this thinking, engaged in this activity? And what I want to tell you this morning, if you will Live life with God. Do life with God. What we just sang about will happen. You will experience God at work. And you, we talk about miracles. Anything God does for us or anything he does to me is a miracle because we can't do what he does. So you literally, if you will do life with God, if you will walk with him, then you will see the activity of God and you'll label it as a miracle. Well, we, we start, we're starting a two-part series called Giving Your Best. Giving. It's on giving, giving your best. Uh, we usually pass out a budget once a year, so you can get it next week. We'll talk about that. Giving your best first means giving your talents, and next week will be about your treasure. So this week is giving your best, giving your talent. If I had to tell you ahead of time the whole outline, by the way, if you pull out your phone, it's very important this morning, because I don't think we have, our, our, we've had some tech problems. Hopefully your phone doesn't have any tech problems. So literally pull out your Bible or your phone, if you're looking in online, and go to our VLC app. VLC app. And if you will press more on, in the very corner, be in your right-hand corner, the bottom, more. And then you press on Sunday. If you're looking in online, you can do that. And you will be able to see sermon notes, and there will be the outline of this morning's message. It'll be right there for you. So I believe if you're looking at your phone, you're not looking on Instagram, Facebook, uh, all these other sites, you're, you're looking at this message. I'm believing that, okay? That will be the outline this morning because we've had some tech problems. We do share our church with other churches, and sometimes... We, we let everyone, and when you come to my house, uh, 
you know, my grandchildren, they can go in any room, any place. That's just, that's how we decided how to live our lives. We don't buy anything expensive, even if we could afford it, because we want our grandkids to come over the house. Do you ever remember going to grandma's and grandpa's house or aunt or uncle's house? Don't touch that. Watch out for this. Can't go in here. You remember that? And I'm saying, well, I don't want to raise my grandkids that way. So even if I have to put up with a little bit, I'd rather put up with a little bit than put up with nothing, right? Think about that. And so we are putting up with a lot when we share this house, this house, which is God's place with other people. And sometimes we push buttons and touch things like my grandkids do. And I can't figure out how to get the TV working. And I just give it to one of my grandkids and they know how to work it. Surprise. Okay. So here's the key thing. Here's the outline this morning. You have a talent or a gift. So it's going to be deductive theology. There's inductive theology and deductive theology. I'm going to tell you everything in advance and then unwrap it. Everyone has a gift in this room. No matter what you look like, what you smell like, what you act like, what your personality is like, you have a gift that God's given you. Number two, that gift is valuable. Very valuable. You cannot excuse yourself at all. You have a gift that's valuable to God and to the human race. And number three, every gift is needed. So I've called this message this morning, all hands on deck. We need everybody's gift. God wants everyone's gift to be available to him, to the body of Christ, and then ultimately to those we live amongst. How many of you want an employee or a teammate who doesn't give their best? How many want someone to be on your team and you know they, they don't even really try, they don't even run, they don't, they don't run, the, all they want to do is shoot the basketball, give me a, a three-point shot, that's all I want to do. But they don't want to play defense. Would you want that person on your team? Thank you for that. I'm glad you get a lot of respect. How about at work? I mean, you're, you're, you're carrying the load. You're digging the ditch. You watch when you drive by some of these workers, and you got three guys standing around and one guy digging a ditch. He's carrying the load. Well, you know what I mean. Honestly, in God's kingdom, he said, the labors are few, but the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. He has given each one of you a gift to use for his glory. And if you're online this morning and you're not even here this morning, you can still use that gift right where you're at. And by the way, some of those prayer warriors are looking in online this morning and they pray for this church. They pray for the staff. They pray for you. And they're using and exercising their gift. That would be a small example of what we're talking about this morning. All hands on deck. This is about everyone's talent, their giftedness and abilities. They're required. Do you ever remember being on a team? A little bit of an introduction. And um, you're on any, any type of team. It could be a soccer team, could maybe even a music team. But all of a sudden, at least in sports, we played baseball, football, basketball, all, that, all those sports with my kids, coached them. And then the umpire is there, and you start at 6 o'clock, and it's three minutes till. All your players aren't here. If they're not here, we're forfeited the game. I get paid. I'm going home. You ever remember that about those umps? You hated that. You mean you can't stay a few minutes extra so we can play the game? And you're all standing around. You're dying and hoping someone comes. 
Here comes the worst ball player on the team. He arrives, and you're giving him a round of applause. He stinks. He can't hit the ball. He can't catch the ball. But he arrives, and he's the champion. He's the Goliath. You're so happy to see him. <laughs> because he completes the team, and you put him out there in right field. And then all the other team tries to adjust like this to hit to him. <laughs> but you know how excited you are to have that person on the team. That's what it's like in God's kingdom. We got a lot of players, but some of you are center fielders and a pitcher and a catcher, and, and you haven't shown up. And I believe God wants to encourage you this morning. Your gift is needed this morning. Didn't you also hate when they pick teams? Okay, you're captain, you're captain. Remember that? There you all line up, and you ask the captains to pick the teams. What are you afraid of? Are they going to pick me? <laughs> I play right field. I can't catch. I can't hit. <laughs> and you're afraid that you're not going to be picked. Oh, that's an awful feeling. Not so in God's family. Every, this is not preacher's talk. This is a fact. We always say this as preachers. If there was no one in the whole world, God died on your behalf. Have you ever said that to someone? If there was no one in the entire world, God died on your behalf. So there's no terrible players on God's team. You are very valuable. In the church, we are a team. We are a community, a living organism, and each individual has been bought by God. Designed and gifted to impact each other, the church, and ultimately the kingdom of God. So my first point this morning is everyone has a gift, and let me reinforce that. To be on the team, in God's family, that gift is to be used out there as well as in here. So you have a gift. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to remind you of that simple verse. But yet it's God's word and it will penetrate your hearts and minds and remind you of this fact. The reason why I'm preaching loud on this, I'm going to say it over and over again. 20% of the people do 80% of the work wherever you work. 20% of the people at a picnic eat 80% of the food. Did you know that's true? 20% of the people give all the resources to missions and to a church. 20% of the people do all the work in a church. Hmm. Here's what God said, though, about all of us who have been bought, purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. A spiritual gift, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to some of us so we can help each other. Ooh, I, did I just preach some heresy here? I didn't hear any response. No one stood up and said, Preacher, you're wrong. I'm out of here. If you ever hear someone preach some heresy, you might need to speak up a little bit. But you know what I was doing, so you didn't. Good thing you didn't. Might have had some ushers usher you out. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us so we can hug it to ourselves, sit in a seat, 
show up on Sunday, go home and say, thank you, God, you gave me a gift. I love it. I'm relishing in it. I dream about it. I think about it. I doodle in it. I ain't giving it to anybody else, though. He said, I've given you a spiritual gift to each other. No one in this room, you can't duck there in the way back, nor can you quit staring at me up front. Everyone has been given a gift. No one is excluded. Aren't you glad the team's lined up? Ah, I know Jesus has something for me to do in his kingdom. Oh, boy, it is a joy to find purpose in God's kingdom. If you don't know that, you're missing out on a lot. And we're not talking about being preachers and teachers. Everyone has a calling on their life. You might be sitting, well, you don't know my reputation. Well, tell that to the prostitute woman that Jesus talked to. And she went in the town, and the whole town came out and heard her, and many got saved because she didn't care what anybody thought. Amen? God changed her life. She went back into town, and she told everyone she wasn't worried at all. You say you have a quiet personality. I can't be used. God, he's not asking you to be a preacher, a teacher, a musician. He might be asking you to do a thousand other things. And we're not going to go over all the gifts because there are many other gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 12, and Peter. There are a lot of gifts in God's kingdom. Let me give you a couple examples of what I mean by that. A quiet person was Esther. She was keeping quiet like some Christians on the job. They don't want anybody to know that they're a believer or that they're a a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter. <laughs> Equal opportunity. <laughs> Esther was keeping quiet right when the nation needed her. And her uncle had the reminder, you keep your mouth shut for such a time as this. Well, guess what? God's still going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He's just going to use someone else. But who knows if God put you in this position, Esther, to be a deliverer and save the Jews. And she opened up her mouth and began to talk. Peter was afraid, afraid of a little girl. And you're a young lady, so I'll pick on you a little bit. A young lady. So he was afraid to even identify himself with Jesus to a young lady twice. Then boldly, he speaks before the criminals that consented to the death of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 people were saved. He was afraid. Are you afraid? Hmm. Even at times, I get afraid of some people. I'll witness to anybody. But, I, you know, I find it awkward when I get in a restaurant and bow my head and everyone's staring at me. I, I'm a bold person for Jesus. I really am. I'll open my mouth and tell anybody about Jesus. But I get in a restaurant and I kind of clam up a little. Oh. You're invading my space. I came here to eat steak, not spiritual food. Don't be in my face. You're invading. That's what I'm thinking. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. But if the prostitute woman would have thought that way, no one would have came to Jesus. So I'm admitting a little bit of vulnerability myself, and I just go ahead and bow and pray. Okay, you're praying too long. 
You ever been around someone who gets praying for their meal and everybody, you know, everybody's staring at you. And you, you can't wait. <laughs> yes, we're Christians. Can't you tell? We're bowing our heads and we're praying. We're Christians. You get it? <laughs> That's kind of what you're saying when you're praying. <laughs> you're in their face. So what? <laughs> They're in your face with their worldliness. Okay, Esther. Okay, you're not a preacher. You're not a teacher. You're a carpenter. You're an electrician. You're a nurse. You're a fireman, firewoman. You're a stay-at-home mom. I, I, I cannot be as important as those musicians and pastors and teachers. And that's what the world wants you to think. And therefore, you're rendered useless. So let me debunk that thinking with a passage. When God is building the temple, yes, the Levites were important. Yes, Moses was important. Yes, Aaron was important. But let me give you a character that was equally as important in Exodus 31. God is getting ready to build his temple, and he needs some carpenters. He didn't need an electrician because he zoomed from heaven, beam me up, Scotty, and boom, there came a, a pillar of fire at night. It lit up the whole sky. No plugins needed. And then by day, there was a nice pillar of cloud that led them where they should move. They didn't need a compass. But God wanted some builders. So in Exodus 31, here's what God teaches the carpenter, the electrician, the plumber, the nurse, the stay-at-home mom. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Ur, of the tribe of Judah, here it is, carpenter, nurse, stay-at-home mom. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Oh, it's not just pastors, not just musicians, not just teachers, evangelists. This has zero to do with running the ministry, technically. But somehow he's connected to the larger picture, and that's what God wants you to see. Look, I have specifically chosen him, filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, expertise in all kinds of crafts. Who likes crafts? Raise your hand here. Crafts, okay? Making things. I'm not that good at making things. And I admire people that are very good with their hands. And God said, he is a master craftsman, an expert in working with gold, silver, bronze, he is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones, sounds like a jeweler, and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. That, and why? The tabernacle, in verse 7, chapter 31 of Exodus, the ark of the covenant, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, all the furnishings of the tabernacle needed to be built. And so God the Holy Spirit worked in that car. I'll just call him a carpenter, craftsman. So you're sitting out here and you think you're not important to the kingdom of God. He has given you a gift. He has filled you with the wisdom to, to exercise that gift amongst humanity, but also to work in the church. Another whole story about talking about gifts and talents. 
but we're going to say it's a spiritual gift that will empower that talent that you have. Every one of you can no longer back up and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Those stay-at-home moms are raising godly kids who then marry in the Lord and become leaders throughout our country. Never say this. I learned this when I began in the ministry. Do you work for a living, Natalie? She's a stay-at-home mom. I always say to the lady, do you work in the home or outside the home? That sounds a little bit politically correct, but it is right. Do you work inside the home or outside the home? They're working. You just go ahead and try to stay home, guys, with four kids or five kids all day long, no break at all. The husband comes home, and he thinks it's time for him to take a break, and she's scratching her head, pulling her hair out, going, I can't wait for you to come home so I can take a break, and you're taking a break? Ah, we're going to fight. We're going to go round one, round two, round three. Right? That's how the lady feels. I've taken care of my grandchildren, I know. Can't wait. I'm watching the clock when they coming back from dinner. We're just going to be gone an hour and a half, three hours later. When that knock comes out, the door, hallelujah, I'm the first one to the door unlocking the boat. So glad to see you. Another good example is you're a nurse. You're a nurse. Well, oh, are you important? I want to recall scripture again. The scripture springs into your minds and hearts and reminds you how valuable you are, which will be our next point. But before we get there, you're a nurse, a doctor. You're caring for people. Some doctors can't be here. Nurses can't be here. Some people that take care of our elderly cannot be here. There is a little problem with COVID. I won't go into depth about our view, our, our view. But yes, there are people we need to be concerned about with colds and flus, and other kinds of diseases, not just COVID. But nevertheless, these are people are nurses. Here's what happened. I pray that it will encourage you that do such things. Exodus chapter 1, verse 15. Then Pharaoh, king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. This is when they were in captivity. They were growing so large, they were almost outnumbering all the Egyptians. They were frightened of them because they may take over their nation. So Pharaoh gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. Shifra and Pua, or Pua, said, When you help the Hebrew woman as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If it's a baby boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. But because the midwives understood they had a gift from God and they feared Yahweh, here's how they behaved. It affected the people of God, the Hebrew people. It affected the church. It affected the synagogues. It affected the kingdom of God. Here's how they behaved, the scripture teaches. Because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's order. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly we cannot get them in time. Maybe sometimes it's okay to lie. We'll have to talk about that at another time. 
So God was good to the midwives and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. But here's the key line. And because the midwives used their talent, feared God, it said because they feared God, he gave them their families of their own. Guys, I could give you illustration after illustration. You stutter. You're not a good speaker. You're quiet. Look at Moses. You thought Moses was a great leader. He committed murder. He wandered to the wilderness for 40 years. He was very worldly, brought up in Egypt. God tells him he's going to be a leader. I'm not a leader. He, you're going to speak to Pharaoh. I can't speak. I stutter. Who in the world made your mouth, God said? I can get it to do what I want. In fact, it reminds me of the guy that we had in this church. How many know who David Rain is? Raise your hand. David Rain had cerebral palsy. Who remembered this guy? He preached all over the world. Raise your hand. Anybody else know David Rain? He actually came to this church. I'm not making fun of him. I want to become a preacher. And the preacher stood up there and said, you'll never become a preacher. He's preached all over the world. He, he said, that, that preacher been, been meeting crow for 40 years. Because he said he would never become a preacher. God used a man with cerebral palsy. We, we had some pictures up here I wanted to show, show you. But what about the guy with no arms and no legs? Nicholas. Can you imagine? No arms and no legs. And here's what David Rain said. I, I, got, I got cerebral palsy. What your, what your excuse he has a message. What, what your excuse of why you're not yielding your talent, your treasure to God? That brings me, and one more thing. About David Rockefeller said this. David D. Rockefeller, founder of Standard Oil, said, I believe the power to make money, which we'll talk about next week, is a gift from God. Just are the instincts for art, music, literature, a doctor's talent, the nurses to be developed and used to the best of our ability for the good of mankind. I wanted to, to show a, a football team here, but I think about these people being sort of stars. But was Mother Teresa a star? Not at all. All Mother Teresa did was take care of the sick and the dying something many of us don't want anything to do with, or even our elderly. We need to have a ministry to the elderly. I don't call myself an elderly person. I don't know why, but I just don't. I don't think like that. But we need to meet. I need, we need to have a ministry to the elderly here. They're all around us. We're in South Florida, retirement capital of the world. I don't see very many people with gray heads. That's kind of a little bit of an indictment on me and us. We have a youth ministry with about 30, 40, 50 people, and we hired a youth minister. What about our elderly? I need to develop a passion that Jesus has for our elderly. I need to develop a passion for the hurting. I need to develop a passion for the sick, like Mother Teresa. I have been so blessed with good health at my age that sometimes... It's hard for me to understand until God gave me some mental health problems when I decided to jump out of a plane, and I've been mentally ill ever since. 
But I had to deal with the mental things of being freaking out. I'm scared of heights, but I went ahead and said, well, God, today's a good day to die, so let me go. I'm so tired of this mental health stuff. Let me get out of this body. Either I'm going to bounce off that ground and be in heaven, or I'll go back to mental health issues. He let me go back to mental health issues so I can turn around and help other people with mental health issues. If you've got any mental health issues, I'll point you to the right person. <laughs> Do you see what, through these illustrations, though, that you have a gift that God's given you to use in his kingdom. I wanted to use a picture of a football team that we didn't really have uh, because of our technology went down. Uh, we were going to show you on the screen of a football team. And when I sat and, and was writing this message, I, I thought about a football team. And who do we think are the most important people on the football team? Who wins the Heisman trophies usually? Quarterback, running back, right? Is Joe Schmo, who takes a water bottle or, or Susie Q, since they're both now, squirts the water in their mouths. Now imagine this, the running backs. I mean, they've been, they've been playing football, right? And, and, and they're moving the ball from the 10-yard line. They're on the 20-yard line, and the quarterback's been running around. The running back's been running around. They're, they're, they're gasping for breath, and he runs to the sideline. Water, water. No water girl. No water boy. No water to be found. I got to get back out there. My throat's parts. I have no energy. No Gatorade. Nothing. He starts running out in the field. Oh, there comes a little boy or girl or young man or young woman comes out with a water bottle. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to send you a Christmas bonus. <laughs> See how important that water boy, water girl is? What about the medic? What about the medic? You think that coach knows anything about that? He sits there on the sideline, get up off the ground like your daddy told you. You aren't hurt. I don't want to see any crying. Your daddy or mama ever told you that? He has no care or compassion. I'm just teasing, but you understand what I'm saying. That water boy is important. That medic's important. What about the, the strength coach? They don't make the kind of money that the quarterbacks make and the running backs make. But that's not how God's family works, and that's something else I really want God to use me this morning to communicate to you out there that's not using their gift for Jesus Christ. See, God doesn't work like the world works. You are very valuable, which is our next point this morning, in God's kingdom. You are very, very valuable. Remember, Michelangelo, if he didn't have that paintbrush, he could have never, ever done what he's done and Roger Federer if he didn't have someone making the racket he could not have become the kind of player he's become without the power of God Peter would have still been frightened meeting in the upper room with the others with the doors locked so when the gift of God comes to you when you're born again it also comes with power Doing something you cannot do on your own. Peter could not do it on his own, and neither can you. The power of the Holy Spirit works for that gift, so God gets the glory only and not you. And it's when man, it's when man gets in the way and takes the credit that their ministry is ruined, whatever the ministry is. I say that to you because I came to Christ with a ninth grade education and he's used me in a small way. He's using you too. In a small way, but that small way affects 
everyone else, just like the person making the racket for Roger Federer and all the other tennis players. God has given you a gift. Are you using it for his glory and honor? And I'm not talking about just in the church, but it does include the church. Now, here's why it's important. Here's why it's important. You remember the parable of the stewards? God in Matthew 25, if you want to turn there, Matthew 25, remember, someone was given five talents. Some say it's gold, silver. But when you really look up the word in the Greek and Hebrew, it could mean literal talent. That means an ability God's given you, a skill, a craftsman, something God's given you to function on this planet to make a living. Remember, God's design is for you to work five, six days a week, not to be in a building five, six days a week. He's given you that ability, and you and me have the privilege to stand before God and say, thank you so much for that gift you've given me, God. Here's what I've done with that gift you've given me. Well, really, it's Jesus going on a journey, and he's coming back, and we're going to give an account for that gift or those gifts he's given you and me. He's coming back. And the, and the, and the steward, it reports in the, in the parable, the one that was given five said, God! Hallelujah. You know what I did, God? He was so anxious. The master, come, look what I did for you, God. Just like a little child. Look at mom and daddy. Look what I drew in school. Look what I did. Or I, I went out and, and worked on my neighbor's garden and picked dandelions like I did when I was a kid. Look what I did. And they gave me some money. Here, mom and dad, here's, here's some money for groceries. Five dollars. But, but it's like $100 or $1,000 to you. The one with two did the exact same thing. He was just as excited. Look what I did, God. But then there was one guy that God gave one talent to. Maybe you're out here and you think, I've only got one talent, and it's not important. But it is, because here's what's going to happen with that one talent. You ready? Matthew 25, 24 through 30. This is the guy that had one talent. Then the servant, with the one bag of silver or talent, came and said to the master, to God, to Jesus, I knew you were a hard man. There's a lot of people had a lot of views about God out there, don't they? He took my daddy. He took my mama. I didn't get this job. And so they're mad at God. They think he's a mean God. They have a bad attitude about God. They probably learned it in school. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops where you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I'd lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here it is. Here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew, according to you, I harvest crops where I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, that talent, that gift, and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. He concludes, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant 
into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So you see, every born-again believer in this church, no matter who you are, listening in online, you have a talent. You have a personality. Yes, there are some handicaps we all have. But God has given you a spiritual gift. And you've been placed on a team in God's family in the church. So no one in this room can say, I don't have a talent. Nobody in this room no matter what problem you are faced with, you have a talent that God wants you to use in his kingdom. Second thing is it's valuable. How valuable was that water boy? How valuable was that medic? You think your gift is not valuable because it's not center stage. Trust me, there are a lot of good things about being in center stage and there are a lot of bad things about being in the center stage. It's not all cut out to be. Just study all the actors and actresses and the kind of lives they live, and even many pastors. Don't desire popularity or power or prestige unless God has assigned it for you to have. Not many people know how to use it well, but your gift is valuable to the team and to the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, again, that passage. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us for what reason? So we can help each other. I wanted to have another video with four or five offensive players going up against 11 defensive men. There's no defensive woman in there yet. Does anybody know a defensive woman player yet? Okay. You're just kind of smiling a little here, guys. Four, a quarterback, a running back, a center, and a tight end. Come on, bring it on, they're saying. What chance do they have of succeeding, even if it's a Tom Brady? They may be able to advance the ball. I wanted to use that picture because if only 20% of the people are using their gift in the church, do you understand what we're up against as a pastor? As you sit in that pew, walk out the door and come back. I'm not trying to pick on anybody here or those looking in online. But if you come here, sit and go home and do not exercise your gift, it's as if four or five of us are going up against 11 defensive players we're going to make progress. It's going to happen. But you put a big load on a few people. That's not right. Is it? As David Rain said, I got cerebral palsy. What's your excuse? Not all value team players the same way, but God does. Remember? John the Baptist was the greatest prophet, according to Jesus. But the Bible said he was the least in the kingdom of God. Do you understand what Jesus is communicating to you and me? He doesn't operate his kingdom like the United States of America does, like an athletic team does, like a music team does. He operates differently. And you need to understand that and remember that you are valuable to him. 
even looking online, perhaps your home, for a lot of right reasons, you can still use that gift, that talent, like, again, a prayer warrior, and pray for this church and pray for her needs. You can use that gift for his glory. Matthew 11 reminds us, I tell you the truth, Matthew 11, 11, of those who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist, yet not even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Okay, I have to read this scripture because the scripture gives you a clear picture of what I'm talking about. You think you're chopped liver. You think your gift is not great. I used to sing a lot. You may not know that. Yes, outside of the shower, I sang up front. But I don't sing anymore because that's not necessarily a gift I should be using at this time. Gifts do change, by the way. And we have other people to do that. But your gift is very important. And there's a tendency to think your gift is not important. It, it is a spiritual gift, but it may be funneled and worked through a talent that you have to use in the body of Christ. So the Bible explains it very clearly so you and me get it about this spiritual giftedness. You ready? 1 Corinthians 12 beginning in verse 12. Please look in your Bible. Please look on your phone at this passage. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He explains the value of the gift that you have, that everyone has, no matter your personality, no matter your economic status, no matter your position, you have a gift from God. Okay, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Did you hear that? Share the same spirit so that anointing can be on everyone. Yes, the body has many different parts. Think about the church. Not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. Have you ever woken up in the morning and your foot fell asleep? <laughs> and you're kind of hobbling around. Where are your foot? <laughs> it's asleep. You understand what it means. And no pun intended toward people like Vucevic, whatever, how you ever pronounce his last name, no arms and no legs. You understand the point I'm trying to make. So he said, also, if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? He said, if the whole body were an eye, we've seen that depicted in cartoons and other kinds of uh, movies, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants so if you don't understand the makeup of the body, just talk to God. I don't understand why. How come I got, you know, one big mouth here? I got two eyes, but only one mouth. Thank goodness he only gave us one mouth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! I can get a shout out there for that. <laughs> I'm glad myself. I talk to myself a lot. So if I had two, oh, two mouths, whoo! <laughs> How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest, ah, that one talent out there, are you listening? And least important 
are actually the most necessary. All the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given, listen, with one talent, to those parts who have less dignity. Here's the reason why. This makes for harmony amongst the members so that all the members care for each other. Constantly, I'm going back to the people in the tech department, the people that have other jobs that you make your pay differently. I, I just so, we so appreciate how you make this body work and function today so you can sit here in quietness and the people online, you're home for a legitimate reason. If you're not home for a legitimate reason, get your tail end over here next week. Back to you. <laughs> over there in the children's church, it's functioning properly for, because of all our volunteers, so all the rugrats aren't in here disturbing you, keeping you from hearing from the Lord. Okay, praise God for them. Or someone stands at the door and greets you. What a cold church that is. They greet you and try to say hello the best to their ability. Your gift is extremely important to God. According to Scripture, you're just as important, if not more important, than the preacher that stands up here and proclaims the word. In fact, God said, those who have been given much, much more is required. You understand why Moses couldn't go in the promised land? I mean, how would you like every time you sin, God wrote you off? Do you know why I believe Moses didn't get to go in the promised land? He saw the glory of God and spoke to glory like no other man on the face of this earth said, God, I have never spoken to another man like I've spoken to Moses. And he's one of the most humble men on the planet. But because he disobeyed God. Have you ever disobeyed God? I'll give a clap if you've ever disobeyed God, okay? Everybody. <laughs> Moses disobeyed God. It seems like one time because the church aggravated him. Has pastors ever got aggravated at the church? Yes. Has the church ever got aggravated at the pastor? No. <laughs> and he was tired of their complaining. He was tired of their Grouching, I got to make sure I keep my vocabulary correct. He was tired, plain old tired. You want some water? God said, go ahead, speak to that rock. Just speak to it. Oh, what a miracle. Hallelujah. Just speak to the rock and water comes out. Hallelujah. I'm so tired of you cranky people. God told you, go ahead and hit that rock. And he hit that rock once. He was so mad. Bang again. It reminds me when I go out to the golf course and people in the church give me a problem and I take that ball and I put their name on it and then I take that club. Mike, boom. Susie, boom. I feel good. I get my aggression out in the golf course. He spoke to the rock and he didn't get to go into the promised land because he hit the rock instead of speaking to it. 
Moses, there was none other greater than Moses. But because he disobeyed God and he saw the glory of God and the miracles in Egypt and God parting the Red Sea and watching the whole Egyptian army dry up and watch manna come from heaven and quail come from everywhere, he saw the glory of God and the handwriting of God on a rock that gave us the Ten Commandments. Oh, be careful. Be careful, you with one talent that want this talent up here. But your talent is equally as important, if not more. Use it. It's valuable. There's so many other things I could say, but let me give my last point. I can't see the time, so that's good. I think because our technology went down. Every gift is needed. Every gift is needed. Yes, you that has your eyes closed and can't wait to leave. Good thing I can't see you. You're watching your watch. Every gift is needed to complete the team. Remember that right fielder? We're ready to call the game. You only have eight players, some softball teams you could get by with, I think, seven. I'm not sure. Eight. No, because there's ten. And softball team, right? I used to play softball. It's been a long time. Ten. Is it ten? Didn't you have that center guy in the middle, right? Is it ten players, guys? Short field, right? Ten players. So I think in softball, maybe it was eight players we could get by with. They, 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 otherwise, they called the game if it was seven. You're so happy to see that eighth player coming. He completes the team. So often I've sat down there, just to give you an example, and the music team comes up here, and there's a drummer missing. We need some people to play drums. Listen, I'm practicing on the drums, but I don't think you want me playing on Sunday. <laughs> I can play a mean harmonica, but I can't play with anybody else. But I notice when someone's missing up here because they can't find a volunteer. Now, this isn't the only place to volunteer. Trust me, over in the children's ministry, they know when the volunteer calls in, I can't be here. Would you please think again, unless it's an absolute emergency, before canceling, I can't be there. And we do understand things happen. Sometimes I felt like calling in and saying, I can't show up. You're very important, and your gift is needed to complete the team. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So why is it that you're not using your gift? Why is it? You think I'm exaggerating? Once again, 20% of the people do all the work in the church. 20% of the people do all the giving in the church. Get to know your gift. I'll help you. Our team will help you. Other people that love God will help you. But you can begin by using the gift that he's given every one of us. And Jesus modeled it for us. And that was the gift of serving and washing feet. Well, we can always do an example of that. But he wants you to go out there and do likewise to a small group, to someone you hear that has a problem with your job. I'm talking about most of you that he's given you this gift to use on your job because he's called you to work five, six days a week out there, not in here. And that's where he wants you to use that spiritual gift for the glory of God. Like Mother Teresa caring for the sick. We never think about those in the nursing homes. We hear a lot of bad things coming out of the nursing homes, but there's some good people in the nursing homes. There's some good nurses and some good doctors. I don't know if there's any good mechanics left, but there, oh no, there's a good mechanic. I see one over there. Are there any good plumbers in the house? 
Are there any good electricians in the house? Are there any good stay-at-home moms in the house? And, and, and are there any good godly public school teachers in the house? Amen. They're being examples in, in uh, the devil's dungeon. Dungeon. How many work with uh, the devil's gang? And you're being light and salt. Your gift is important. So if you're born again, there's so many more things to say. If you're born again, you have a gift or gifts. No matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what your social status is, you have been given a gift. For what reason? To share with the body of Christ, to serve the body of Christ. And you will have the privilege of giving account to God. I don't like to use negative words. It's a good time not to use negative words. Okay, God, you have been faithful. And I, I repeat this all the time. Say this with me. I have been faithful. And a few things you will make me ruler of many things. I don't know about you. I walk around all the time saying that. I've messed up. I've me no, I've, I've been faithful. I've, been, oh, I've messed up. I've, me I've been faithful, Lord. I've been have you ever done that? Because we're, we're saints that have sinned. Don't call yourself a sinner anymore unless you're a sinner. You're a saint that has sinned and you're walking in the blood of Christ and he's cleaning you all the time like a going through a car wash. It's like going through a car wash. <laughs> Some of you have been staying in that car wash too long, though. You need to get out of the car wash and get in the game. Let's pray. Father, thank you. So it is enjoyable speaking to your crowd, Father, because I know they love you. And so we, I believe we can enjoy, have fun, laugh, groan, hurt, all at the same time. And sometimes we've been sitting on the sidelines. Even retirement, you really didn't design retirement for anybody, especially for the believer. And so I pray that that person, especially God, those 80% of the people that are not using their gift for you. Please, Father, don't let them leave this place and forget about what we just talked about. Or that person listening in online that think, I, I can't do anything, but they can. Remind them how. Show them how. And then for us that maybe our gifts are on display, remind us to walk in humility that our gift is not more important than the stay-at-home mom or the children's church helper or the greeter at the door or the person that digs a tree out or trims the bushes. Remind us of that. Help us never forget that and never look down our nose at people because of our financial status, the home we have, the car we drive, the clothes we wear. Remind us we're all part of the body of Christ and we all have the same portion of the Holy Spirit. I guess unless you're ready to do something really extra like you did in Peter's life or in other people's lives to bring in the harvest or to make a point. Please, Father, we all want to see you at work in this church. Father, as a pastor, I hunger to hear about how you're at work in someone's business or in someone's home or in someone's workplace or in someone's health or in someone's family. Please let this church hear some good news in the coming days and weeks. Would you please be at work in Victory Life Church? Thank you for protecting her. 
from all invaders and right up to this point those who attend regularly thank you for protecting us from diseases and famine we could have easily easily gone the other way and you've sustained this church we'll talk about it next week father how your people have been faithful to give thank you for your people father thank you for reminding us everyone is important we all know though not because you're forcing us to do it you're the most important because you're god you created us thank you for creating us so that we can enjoy you and you can enjoy us in jesus name i pray would you stand remember at this time you can continue to worship god as we have a, a reprisal and then a song you can go up to the front and pray with us and i just want to remind everyone looking in online or here Remember the ABCs of getting saved. You've heard enough about God. You want to go to heaven. You want to be forgiven of sin. Just remember, A, acknowledge you're a sinner. It's hard for some people to admit that, but you are. And because of that, you will never live with God. If you want to live with God, number B, is believe that God paid the price so you could go to heaven to be with him by pouring out his wrath on Jesus who hung there on the cross for you. Believe that believe the truth look in God's word believe that believe it it's true and then he died and rose again he's alive and you will become alive for the first time ever when you believe because of C you call on him call on him to be saved if you've done that and you're looking in online please write that in the comment section there's a tag there let us know you've made the decision I want to remind you once again about baptism we're gonna have some baptisms out there some of you need to be baptized if you're listening in online You've been born again, and you've not come out of the closet. You've not identified yourself with Jesus. Now's the time to say, I want to let everyone know I'm going to follow Jesus. Let us know today. Fill out a card in the back at the welcome desk, or let us know online. You can come outside in the open air, and we can baptize you and send you back. Will you continue to worship God in music and in prayer at this time? Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If this has blessed you, would you consider giving a financial gift to help bring this message to more people? You can do that at vlcministries.com give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Here's what we believe. Living God's way, everywhere, every way, every day. We love you and God bless.